If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Looks like we're live. We look pretty live to me. We do, don't we? Acknowledges chat. Oddball said, hi, Knob Yogurt said you are live. And I trust Knob Yogurt more than I trust my own family. Well, why wouldn't you trust Knob Yogurt? Anyway, I say Knob Yogurt, of course. That's my accent. <laughs> uh, welcome to Slightly Something Else. I'm Yahtzee Croeshaw. I'm joined by Matthew Sleever. Hello, everyone. And yeah, you're getting Toffee time a bit early. He's not in my Ooh. jacket at the moment. He's feeling frisky. Frisky toffee. Frisky toffee. Yeah. You ever have frisky toffee? Uh, you can get uh, it at English seaside resorts. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah. It's, it'll pull out your crowns, right? And your teeth. It certainly will. Yeah. So the topic for this week's slightly something else mm-hmm. is uh, Square Enix, of course, and what the hell they're playing at. Yeah. Yeah, they've had a uh, they've had a, a, a tumultuous uh, last few years, which is um, kind of surprising from a company that it, they felt so steady throughout the '90s and the early aughts, and then it just feels like the uh, wheels came off the cart at some point during the PS2 generation, um, and that got us to where we are today, where it seems like every week or two a Square story comes out, and it's just like, what is happening with this company? Well, your point was they seem to lack an identity these days. Yeah, they really do. When you say they had the wheels still on back in the 90s, (laughs) I expect what you mean is they were the Final Fantasy company. They were the Final Fantasy company, yeah, back when they were Squaresoft. That was before the uh, merger with Enix. And yeah, they were the the Final Fantasy company, but also, like, you know, they made Chrono Trigger and Secret of Mana and Mario RPG. Exactly, they were the JRPG company. Yeah, they were synonymous with it. Square Enix didn't change that, because Enix, of course, was most famous for the Dragon Quest RPGs. Yeah, so in theory, you would have thought that would have been like a, a you know, a, a perfect union, a perfect marriage. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what happened, because even through the PS1 generation, like they had all this momentum with really cool and interesting games. Aside from Final Fantasy stuff, you had uh, like Xenogears and Parasite Eve and Chrono Cross, and it just felt like they were, man, they were giving creative teams the the leeway to do weird stuff. Um, well, you then... asked me, that was all because Final Fantasy was the tentpole. Because that, mm-hmm. that was, as you say, their identity. People thought of Square Enix, they thought of Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, this might sound a little uh, superstitious, but okay. perhaps their fate was in some way tied to the Final Fantasy series. And <laughs> as Final Fantasy got more and more weird and stupid... Mm-hmm. So too did Square Enix as a brand. It, uh, I, I agree, and I feel like again, if we want to just keep being superstitious, uh, it all aligns with the massive failure they had when they tried to make that Final Fantasy movie, Spirits Within. Oh, that, uh, that was a lot of uh, eggs being put in baskets there, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars of eggs and studios built in Hawaii, and and the president of the company and creator of, of Final Fantasy, uh, Sakaguchi-san, uh, saying, like, this is it, this is the future, this is what, you know, 
yeah, games are fine, but like we are going to become a, a preeminent film studio. And, yeah. and uh, no one make, enjoyed that movie. They were going to make major Hollywood movies and they were going mm -hmm. to spearhead the concept of a virtual actor. Oh, by, God. <laughs> by creating a CG lady for their first movie, Final Fantasy The Spirits Within, who could theoretically play different roles in other movies. Yeah. You know what the sad thing is, is... Uh, they were a little ahead of the time on that because it feels like with like deep fakes and everything, we're pretty close to just getting virtual actors. So you know, death death will be meaningless in terms of uh, in terms of the movies. Toffee, what has gotten into you? Oh, Toffee is actually a big Spirits Within fan. He was Toffee trying... really enjoyed Gillian Anderson in the movie. Toffee, uh, Toffee is trying to hump my arm. <laughs> Toffee, <laughs> he, he has never shown any inclination towards such behavior. Toffee for shame. You've been very weird lately. I go I mean, rolling in your own poo the other day. You've never done that I before think, either. I think a lot of people get real horned up when they hear us talking on slight something else. So I, I think Toffee's just uh Toffee's just one of the right. one of the regulars. Get in there, you stupid dog. <sighs> okay, fine, do your thing. Well, speaking of horned up. <laughs> That's how uh, that's yeah. what I, uh, Final Fantasy was going in that direction a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it, re it really was. Yeah, it is funny though that whole virtual actor thing. Like, I remember a time in uh, when I was living in San Francisco, going by like the whatever the Macy's or whatever what, department store was at Union Square, and Lightning was their model on all the like uh, kiosks outside. Like Lightning from Final Fantasy Thirteen was like modeling all like yeah. the Louis Vuitton clothes or whatever. Very strange. That was a dumb name. That was a dumb name. Yeah, I think. The feeling I got, I used to like Final Fantasy. I was uh, I really like Final Fantasy VI on the snares mm -hmm. or Final Fantasy III. <laughs> uh, I could tolerate uh, some of the earlier ones. Quite liked like the NES ones. I think mm -hmm. I tokenly played all of them. And Chrono Trigger was really good as well, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like Final Fantasy VII was a bit of a turning point for me. I mm -hmm. didn't really like the direction they were going there. And with Final Fantasy VIII afterwards. Felt like they were starting to be less, you know, fun fantasy stories and more fashion parades, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get it, and and that sort of aligns with the uh, the the rise with uh, Nomura at the company, who's the sort of well, the, yes. he's now the shepherd of Kingdom Hearts, and he 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 likes his zippers and his big shoes. Final Fantasy, yeah, Final Fantasy X was also a bit of a weird sea change mm -hmm. but at least at the very least with 7 and 10 those were um tentpole events that were largely beloved in 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 gaming like they yeah. came out and 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 they got good reviews and they sold a lot and i happen to can't say final, that for a lot of reasons i think final fantasy 9 was underrated and, I people... and that was more traditional final fantasy like that yeah, was yeah. like yeah yeah using the hardware to do the final fantasy that you were talking about a lot of people didn't get on with the mechanics of the game. Like a lot of people yeah. the trance system for its like RNG. But yeah, uh, I thought yeah. it was very it was very visually creative. It was mm -hmm. quite visually pleasing with its uh, fantasy characters. Much more yeah. so than Final Fantasy Seven Eight just being token anime archetypes. Yeah, and we're like seven and eight were like kind of broody teenagers. Uh, exactly. Nine. It was, exactly. Final Fantasy VII was so where fun. it became a broody teenager. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, nine felt like a 
step back into the past and then uh with 10 it felt like they just kept going on with it yeah like seven and eight were the sort of broody emo teens and then final fantasy 10 was that weird experimental phase right when you mm -hmm. leave high school and start college yeah <laughs> Uh oh, what was Final Fantasy XI when it went mul massively multiplayer? Oh, that was when you they started sleeping first... with a bunch of people. No, that was their first day job. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, that's when the true cruelty of the world hit home. Yeah, it really did. It really did. And that was again right around the same time uh, that the Final Fantasy X, eleven, and then um, Spirits Within. That all sort of was in the same glom of the uh, merger with Square Enix. Yeah. Or with Enix. I did play Final Fantasy XIII, and mm -hmm. I was playing it thinking, when's the actual game going to start? Mm -hmm. I could I could go for a game right about now, and not just running down a corridor and doing a fight. Just another 15 seem, to 20 hours. A fight I seem to be barely involved in. Yeah, just wait. Another 15 to 20 hours, you'll be fine. Then you'll get to the game. Maybe they felt some pressure to sort of constantly innovate, but there's only so much you can innovate in JRPG battles. It's turn-based. Yeah. You wait, you wait your turn. Then you do yeah. a thing, then you wait for your next turn. I think that's a perfectly solid system. It's strategic. It's thoughtful. Mm -hmm. and any attempt to sort of innovate that with real-time elements has always fallen flat for me. And you see, although it feels like fewer games are using it nowadays, the games that do use it and do sort of use it in interesting ways are incredible. Like, you know, Persona. Um I feel like Persona is carrying that torch so well in terms of, you know, turn-based combat. Yeah, and Shin Megami Tensei generally, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And um, a lot of indie stuff, like uh, card battling is big in the indie yeah, sector. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that does almost feel like a, a, an evolution of that, which I guess is just an evolution of D&D yeah. rules. But still, yeah. with these big AAA like RPG-style games, they want to try to do something... That's more visually exciting than turn-based combat, and that's how you mm -hmm. end up with uh, whatever the fuck was going on in Final Fantasy XV. Yeah, yeah, and even with uh, thirteen, when they announced it, if you were, if you can recall back, what almost twenty years ago, they announced it as the Fabula Nova Crystallis, which was going to be this. That is expansive... such a Square Enix fucking game, isn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> This expansive shared universe, and it was going to have 13 and versus 13, and you were going to have stories of different genres all inside the same world. Um, and then a bunch of those games fell apart or got delayed, or they just ended up being like, well, we'll come back as Final Fantasy 15. And I guess you could say that was part of it. So, in more um, recent years, it, Square Enix is, uh, let's say, diversified. Mm -hmm. They're not like the JRPG company anymore. And in doing that, no. sacrifice their identity. I think yes. is what we're saying. So now they've they put out uh what do they put out? All kinds of shit. Balan Wonderworld springs to mind. Yeah. It's... I, which I which I guess you could appreciate as something being made in the spirit of creativity and giving an uh -huh. alter director free reign to do what they want, but where the fuck was QA on that? Yeah. Yeah, it almost felt like when you hear like, oh, some studio is willing to give two hundred million dollars in carte blanche to this old movie director mm. to like let's let's see if they can make like one last incredible movie. Um and then they gave it to Yuji Naka, the the you know, the godfather of Sonic, and then it just ended up being that and that wasn't that wasn't good. No one wanted that. Well, you'd think that would be a safe bet. Sonic, huge franchise. Yeah, big colorful. Yeah, I don't Bell and Wonderworld, yeah. It did uh <laughs> 
someone in chat mentioned it felt like a passion project, but like sometimes you can just kind of keep those like under the pillow. You don't not like in a gross way, but just you know, the world doesn't need to see all of them. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, that whole uh, the portfolio diversification that you were talking about kind of started in I think it was two thousand nine when they gobbled up IDOS. Yeah, that been that became part of Square Enix Europe, and so they got all these Western studios under them. Quite an extensive list of subsidiaries on the Wikipedia page now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Japanese ones, and then there's Square Enix London, there's Tato, mm -hmm. yeah, Crystal Dynamics, IDOS. Yeah. For a time, they had IO Interactive, the Hitman company, but uh, they managed to, to sort of um, shrug them off and, and go independent and keep the Hitman license, which was, you know, good for them. But it just feels like almost without fail, their Western games have either been bad or are just like games we don't talk about as a whole, um, whether it's like Deus Ex, which is like, it's still incredible to me that that's seemingly been shelved that franchise um well i guess they're waiting for when they can make it relevant again Cause, what, cause what do you deus like what do you mean in terms of well, technology first, in terms well, of like the first deus ex was very uh uh connected to uh global issues at the time mm -hmm. it was a very issuey game yeah, and a lot of uh, one of his big issues was like uh, you know talking about the consequences of mass media and uh, corporate control of the populace, and that's an inconvenient theme for a corporate publisher to push these days. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is true, especially a corporation that like in their um, New Year's letter, the company's president uh, talked about how excited they are for the metaverse and blockchain and NFT oh, and yeah. things that like the general populace, I would say, especially like fans of gaming are more of like rolling their eyes and be like, just fucking make a game we want to play. Don't don't worry about this stuff. Because if you look at the reboot stuff, Human Revolution, Mankind Divided, that's mm -hmm. thematically, that's sort of childishly simple compared to the original Deus Ex. It's racism. It's racism. Yeah. People have machines in them and people are being a big racist towards them. The first Deus Ex, they had people with machines in them. They had, you know, transhumanism, mm -hmm. corporate control of the media, uh, you know, global pandemics. That was a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, so you don't, uh, is the idea that like too many of the topics that were in Deus Ex are now just topics we have to deal with on a daily basis? Like, is that sort of the, well, it's, you think like? Well, they're topics that, you know, the big money corporations that run Square Enix yeah. now don't want to be talked about. And I yeah. guess that sounds a little bit conspiracy minded. But, you know, this doesn't take, like, a room full of executives rubbing their hands and going, ha, 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 now it will suppress all people complaining about corporations. It usually comes from, like, the natural ebb and flow of middle management going, oh, I guess we'd better remove this theme in case the the higher-ups complain. Yeah. Yeah, which is funny, because, like, Final Fantasy VII, which is, you know, arguably Square Enix's most famous game they've ever made, is, you know, about eco-terrorists and... and you know, fighting for the planet in a, in a well, greedy yeah. company that is literally sucking the lifeblood of the planet. Um, yeah, it's a but I guess maybe it wasn't as overt. Pretty simplified Captain Planet level sort of exploration <laughs> of the yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what that's else? true. I'm looking at the other things IDOS Montreal have done, and one of their things they did was Thief. 
yeah. remake of the original Thieves that I absolutely despised. Uh, you despise the remake or the originals? I despise the remake because I love the originals so much. Gotcha. Yeah. Grr, grr, shake fist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's but, funny you 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 had the EP uh, a, a week or two ago about uh, Prey twenty seventeen about how like nobody talks about that game. Mm. Thief is a game nobody talks about. Like their version of Thief, like it feels like has been like stricken from the record almost. Yeah, Jmate was saying he'd like me to he'd like to collab with me on something about Thief two at some point. And uh, you know, a good Thief. Yeah, I'd be tempted yeah. if I didn't have nine hundred million other things to do. You do have a lot of plates. I, I, love, I love Thief 2, Thief 3 not so much, but Thief 2 was great. It's full of character mm -hmm. and atmosphere and it like pioneered stealth gameplay. And then the Thief remake was so bad. Yeah. Because it just wanted to bring everything back to the milquetoast centrist region of mm -hmm. games where everything's action adventure. There's a bit yeah. of climbing and a bit of thingy and you can play the game your way. You can like run straight through on non-stealthy and shoot everything up if you want and we'll just pat you on the head for doing things the way you wanted to do it. Excuse me. Uh, so why do you think people, I, I think like, I think a lot of people share your opinion about that about the new Thief. Um, why do you think a game like Dishonored clicked with so many people, which was just a few years, I think, after this Thief game or maybe a year or two afterwards, um, but seemed to like resonate a lot more strongly with folks? Well, it didn't resonate so much with me. Because I still liked Thief 2 better. Wasn't mm -hmm. Dishonored made by former Thief people? Or Yeah, a lot of the old... Uh, yeah. yeah, Arcane. Like, yeah. So it was... Yeah, you kind of got that strange divergence of, um, yeah, yeah. you know, who holds the name and who has the actual legacy. Yeah, I think Dishonored uh, wasn't so milquetoast in expressing, you know, a core central theme. Mm, yeah. Uh, it would actually oblige the player to try to stealth through things. Yeah, yeah. And it did have strong um, visual theming and strong world building. But again, with like Hitman, uh, Deus Ex and Thief and Hitman, it's that weird, again, talking about them not having an identity. It's like them trying to sort of reignite um, franchises that were kind of predominantly, I think, Western PC franchises um, mm. and, and trying to bring them to a global console audience. And, and uh, Tomb Raider, don't forget. And Tomb Raider, yeah, with, with Crystal Dynamics, absolutely. And uh, it just doesn't seem like any of those, you know, despite the fact that they announced the new Tomb Raider game is in development. It just, I can't imagine we're getting a new Deus Ex or Thief anytime soon. And Hitman I, really blossomed once they got uh, like away from the umbrella of Square. I just winced a little bit when you said Lara Croft, uh, Tomb Raider via Crystal Dynamics. Because, of course, Crystal Dynamics <laughs> took over Tomb Raider fairly late in the game, didn't they? Yeah, they did, with the with the reboots, so the modern trilogy, I guess. Of, yeah, the of... original Tomb Raiders were made by Core Design, who were yeah. like a really big developer back in the Amiga days. And it wounds uh -huh. me to think of what happened to them. after They yeah. did so well with Tomb Raider for a while, and then that Tomb Raider just got heartlessly torn away from them. Their baby got heartlessly torn away and given to a bunch of Yanks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, the last few core design Tomb Raiders were a load of shite. Exactly. And it I think I, 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 I it was our it. shite. <laughs> we still we, we culturally appropriated your shite. Um, I liked the Tomb Raider reboot, and uh, I really liked Rise of the Tomb Raider. And I wasn't crazy about Shadow of the Tomb Raider, but um, I, I, I think they're talented. Like, I think they're a talented team. Um, I mean, if you've only played their, their most recent game, you might not think that, because, of course, they spent several years working on Marvel's Avengers. Reboot Lara Croft has always rubbed me up the wrong way. Why is that? 
I don't know, probably the same way. Um, what's her name in the latest Horizon game? Rubbing up the wrong way. Oh, Aloy. Yeah. I mean, I hate characters who don't feel like they don't really have agency. Mm-hmm. I thought Lara Croft didn't really have agency. She was always like, "Oh my goodness, I must do this. I must." live up to my father's legacy i must investigate this and no real exploration as to why she must do all of that yeah and then they just did that you know that last of us thing where kicking the shit out of a character is sort of a stand-in for characterization and depth yeah you empathize with them because they've just been like physically beaten throughout the game yeah i preferred lara croft when she was you know confident and fun yeah, which was like model, you know, modeled after Indiana Jones, who like seemed to at the very least enjoy everything he was doing. There's a British uh, old comic strip called Modesty Blaze that's one of my favorite female characters ever. Okay. And uh, fun Lara Croft reminds me of her a lot. It's an adventure comic strip about like a hyper competent spy lady, mm-hmm. and she's she's a great character, and she's got like a male sidekick with whom there is deliberately no romantic tension whatsoever. They're just best pals, and oh, I think that's, that's rare nice. to see. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. I uh, guess I recommend Modesty Blaze. If uh, I've heard it described as competence porn, it's about, uh, that very, awesome. it's about very competent people solving problems, and that's sometimes did, that's, I, li- that's nice to see. Some uh, some of my favorite characters, especially on TV, are characters who are just very good at their job. I like yeah, seeing people but, who are really good at their job. It's nice, but not in a way where they come across as smug and you don't feel like they're in peril at any time. No, yeah, absolutely. So you um, briefly mentioned Marvel's Avengers a while ago, which I think is something worth coming back to. Yeah, so that was... Um, I, I, I think Marvel's Avengers was... Um, I think the reason they went live service with it, I mean, mm. apart from like looking at Destiny and stuff, is because Square saw such an incredible success story of their own with rebooting Final Fantasy XIV. Um, Final Fantasy XIV famously launched... Um, in a pretty bad state no one enjoyed it for a few years and then they brought in yoshi p who is now like the the he's sort of like square's golden child and he rebooted the game as a realm reborn and it's become square's probably possibly most profitable game ever they um that that is their golden child of a game and so i think they saw that and said what we want is recurring income we don't want people to buy it once wouldn't that be be lovely wouldn't be nice just do a little bit of work and then bank off that for the rest of your life that would be the dream. And what if we could just use arguably the most the most popular IP, you know, in the world and make a game that seems like it should have just been like, knock it out of the park. Yep. An Avengers like, game. So easy people start to regard the economy the same way they regard, you know, the laws of thermodynamics. You can't just yeah. create energy from nothing. Just yeah, it has to be something there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, what we got with uh, Marvel's Avengers was uh, what felt like some people wanted to make a single-player campaign that's centered around uh, uh, Kamala Khan, and instead, yeah, you could see um, that in like the first few hours of the game. Yeah, yeah, like, it was a campaign. It was like a linear series of missions. You fought some colorful bosses who were famous mm-hmm. Marvel characters, and then all of and then like they start introducing all the extra Avengers, and then you could play as whichever ones you want, and then all of that just stops, and it becomes the live service game. Yeah, and then it became you know they've they've been updating it over the past uh, year and a half, but um, have have most recently said that they're kind of getting rid of the idea of a roadmap, and so I think it's pretty clear that they're they're weaning off that. It's like I think Square Enix posted their financials and said it it cost the company you know 
tens of millions of dollars. Um, and the only thing that kind of kept them afloat that fiscal year was the success of Final Fantasy VII Remake. So, hmm. um, although Square, it seems like every game that comes out, Square is like, ah, it didn't it didn't sell as much as we we wanted it to. Like they said that about Outriders. They said that about Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, of course, they said that about murdered that Soul Suspect. I was going to say that if they expect perpetual growth. Because yeah. you, you can't have perpetual growth. That's the problem. Also, if your games are underperforming all of your expectations, maybe it's your expectations that are wrong. There you go. You know, if everyone's yeah. an asshole, maybe the asshole is you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then, yeah, Crystal Dynamics now, assuming that they're eventually going to be weaning off uh, Avengers, uh, they, you know, they announced, as we mentioned, that they're working on a new Tomb Raider game, and then they're also um, co-developing Perfect Dark with um the initiative which is the new first party microsoft studio so um square yeah. enix is, at square enix now it's just remakes and old ips and fucking it up and adaptations of marvel which was weird but adapting it in such a way to suck out all the energy and fun that people like the movies for which sort of okay. says it all really so if you want a brand new IP from Square Enix, have I got a game for you? It's called Babylon's Fall. <laughs> um, I think nothing could go wrong. Great name. From I Platinum. Said, yeah, Everyone loves Platinum. I felt like we were going there or to Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> we could go down, we could go either direction. Just don't make a game that starts with a B. That's it's clearly like a curse. It's like they've forgotten how to make games or something. What did you think of the Final Fantasy VII remake generally? Uh, I enjoy it quite a bit, and I know it gets a lot of heat from from a lot of uh, fans. But as someone who is a big fan of Final Fantasy VII, uh, I thought their approach with it was um, really interesting, and I'm excited to see where the the project goes from here. There's sort of a philosophical debate attached to that. I mean, mm -hmm. were we entitled to expect a full remake of the entirety of Final Fantasy VII? I mean. I I would say if I was like a layman interested in games, yeah. and someone said, "Oh, they've made a remake of Final Fantasy VII," I would assume you would expect the full game. Yeah, I would assume a remake of the full game, yeah. not like the first third of the first disc of Final Fantasy VII. Yep. Um, and then with no sign of when the next one's coming, like they haven't yeah. even showed a a sliver of part two yet. And if they're going at the same pace they did for one. You get out of Midgar in five hours in that first game. So uh, yeah, I would wonder what the hell happened to video games if, like, yeah. back in the day, you could have like an epic hundred-hour RPG that spanned multiple environments and three discs, and that could all mm -hmm. just be sold as one game in one big, one tight package. And these yeah. days, in this supposedly more enlightened, more advanced time, we can have something that's like barely a fraction of what that was, and we and, and call that innovative. And then, but then when, and when is this thing going to, what is this thing going to be when it's done? It's also the first game launched on PS4. I'm assuming the next game will launch on PS5. And then there's, at the pace they're going, like, I assume this won't be done until PS6. So is this just going to be like a 15 yeah. year, three generation thing? If that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, strange. It's uh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if we're, we're if we're at Modern Square, it's just a it's a like strange if was, company. If I was Square, I wouldn't bank on that. I wouldn't be start talking about oh, we're just going to make money from this for the next twenty years because yeah. I feel like that could very easily bite me in the bum given uh -huh. recent history. Yeah, I feel like that could be a very easy, a very uh, uh, 
efficient and methodical way to remove all public interest in it the way the new Star Wars movies did for Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely a good point. Um, and, and it's just, it's kind of bold to assume people are still going to be interested after this long. Well, um, exactly. Yeah, but, and... But, you and know. That's just how, like, the the ebb and flow of the corporate machine works. It's such and such now, we will just continue assuming it will be such and such forever. Yeah. That's, Again, that's, I don't know. That's I, how an algorithm works. That's not how creative people work. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if, uh, like, I don't know. I don't want to blame Marvel for everything. But it just seems like the massive success of the MCU has everyone in every art form being like, well, we want to just do that. So we want people to be interested in this one thing forever. It certainly, um, yeah, it certainly was a massive weight to suddenly put on the well-balanced machine of the world. It's yeah. Like, uh, yeah. It's like having a nuclear warhead. Wherever you put <laughs> that in the equation of warfare, it's going to leave a pretty big mark. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um. Yeah, and it's funny because when you look, like, again, like, Square does a million things. They do, you know, they, they go back to the well and do re-releases and remasters of their classic games. Um, not not to the extent of, like, Final Fantasy VII Remake, but, like, we just got Chrono Cross. And they've gone back and done that with, like, the, the Secret of Mana games. And they did the pixel remasters of Final Fantasy One through Six, which somehow still aren't on consoles or Switch. They're just on PC and, and iOS, which doesn't make sense. Um, so, how, they, you know, they're constantly uh... looking backwards yeah. while also trying to introduce this new stuff going forwards. Well, it's got to make the money. They've got yeah. these beloved properties, got to milk them, right? I didn't play Chrono Cross. How remastered is the new remaster? Uh, uh, minimally, very minimally. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, uh, some touched-up artwork. It has, like, the nice quality-of-life things where you can speed up battles or, like, click on a stick and uh, enter god mode. Well, Which I think, I think that's like uh, that's probably fine if it's if you're just, you know, bringing an old thing back so it can mm -hmm. continue to reach audiences. Yeah, it's and like, maybe they have plans to like at least it's not the, to do something else with that franchise. This is not what Rockstar did with the remastering of GTA mm -hmm. Three and no, no, in San Andreas. No, by uh, by no means. Uh, absolutely I figure, not. But... I figure either just re-release something with some quality of life improvements to extend its lifespan or remake it from the ground up for the nostalgia dollar. Anything in mm -hmm. between is just a big pile of shit. Yep, absolutely. But yeah, Square's taken the, the kind of shots to the jaw. Like the last, they have some of the worst reviewed games of the last two years but you know we mentioned babylon's fall we mentioned battle and wonderworld yeah, that chocobo good. gp racing game got torn apart because it was a full price game that was also just littered with microtransactions and pay to win stuff yeah so yeah Maybe strangers of paradise you, you also you man you've you've reviewed, reviewed a lot of square games lately well they're all so bad they're interesting to yeah. talk about <laughs> maybe they should just uh create a mascot squarey yeah. Yeah. Squarey the Square? Yeah. yeah, make a game about Squarey the Square. Yeah. Get some, <laughs> get some identity back. <clears throat> yeah. But they do have, uh, you know, I don't want to say a promising future, but they do have a a, a wide swath of things um, lined up for the coming months slash years. Like we know they have uh, Forspoken coming out later this year, which is a big, 
you know, action RPG that, that has like Western writers, but is an in-house, you know, team, uh, that game got delayed from, from May to October. So I guess we, I don't know, we still don't know how that game's going to be. Final Fantasy 16 is in the works, which seems like it's a very serious medieval Final Fantasy. They just announced, uh, Kingdom Hearts 4, which I know you, 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 you were going to love to visit more Disney worlds. So that's one thing you absolutely adore. As I've said before, but it always surprises me that Disney tolerates Kingdom Hearts to exist. Maybe it's just like such a like negligible part of their <laughs> bottom line that they just don't care. I know, but you know they're taking like first-party Disney characters like Mickey Mouse, no less, mm -hmm. and making this completely incomprehensible incom pile of garbage around it. Yeah, mind you, like my my daughter wanted to watch the new Mickey Mouse Club show on um, Disney Plus, mm -hmm. and that shit's awful. It's made it like CG from around 20 years ago. Oh, that sounds terrible. I guess that's all your toddler wants. Yeah. Like, see, yeah, they, they, don't, they don't have taste. So that's fine. Disney don't care that much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Should we go to Super Chats? No. Yeah, sure. Seems like I'm imagining folks have a lot of opinions on, on oh, they Square. Certainly do. Quite quite a lot of them have been pouring in. Starting with Emmanuel Sanchez Tovar, who's five dollars, to say they need to make Isekai's games. Smiley face, smiley face. I have I'm not no sure doubt. that would one of sure that would fix the problem. Isn't every no, game I... an Isekai game? Sort so of I'm, isn't Kingdom Hearts just like a constant isekai? Is he constantly being dropped into a new world? He's well, like, oh he shit, I'm in Aladdin. Well, he wasn't originally from the real world, and he wasn't hit by a bus, as far as I know. Those aren't the rules, are they? <laughs> you have to be hit by a bus? As I understood it, you have to get hit by huh. a bus and then get reincarnated in a fantasy world for it to be an isekai. Incredible. Specifically a bus. If they get hit by a car or a train, it doesn't count. You don't get to isekai, you just die. That's yeah, a bummer. I don't know. Oh, we've got a, a member chat from Jacob Lester, who's been a member for 13 months, to say, Counterpoint Kingdom Hearts 4, close the door on your way out. Well, I don't know if that was a counterpoint of a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. <laughs> just, a, just a counterpoint. I did see uh, like, people... those screenshots where they were making it look like really realistic, the human characters, and that sort of looks so a little that's... bit creepy. That's a world he is in. That's not like the game is going to look like that. In the same way that he goes to like Agrabah and Aladdin or or Pride Rock and the Lion King, this okay. world he's in is a realistic Tokyo. So he's so, in a world of uh, realistic uh, reboots of uh, the Lion King and all that other horrible shit. Disney how made? weird is that going to be? If he looks up at like uh, like uh, uh, at Shibuya Station at a at an advertisement <laughs> and sees a live action Lion King, and is going to be like, "What the fuck is happening?" Hmm. Yeah, I guess if you're a Japanese company, you got to set something in Tokyo at some point. It's the law. Yeah. Uh, Andrew S gives ten dollars. Says they never should have let the guy who designed Lulu's dress from Final Fantasy X have more power in the company. So I've gone downhill since I saw that damn stupid dress. 
question I always ask myself when I see shit like Tetsuya Nomura outfits or like most anime outfits thinking about uh -huh. it is what's the morning routine for these characters sure how do they yeah. start putting all this shit on one zipper at a time what where do they keep it all they've got like 17 boxes and the last mm -hmm. one's got the little lacy cuffs and all the yeah. extra little bits it's just also i feel like everyone would jangle when they walked they would just they would sound like a like a dog that has a bell around its neck yeah same is true of any like armored outfit, I suppose. That's true. I've always like, appreciated the attention to detail in Resident Evil Seven and Eight, where if you were running with an assault rifle, you could hear it sort of clicking as, oh, all, yeah. as all its little like components sort of clicked against each other and rattled. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice uh, attention to detail. I always thought. Yeah. Uh, Lord Darius gives five euros. Says, "Has Yahtzee gotten to the Elden Ring late game? Feel like there's a drop in quality at around two thirds. Felt like a slog, and was hoping it would be done." Well, actually, I just uh, finished off the capital and have gotten to the snowy bit. And I hmm. thought difficulties actually dropped a little bit. Oh, interesting. I got to, like, the snowy castle where there's, like, those two big lions at the gate. Uh-huh. And uh, it seems to have gone a little bit easier in there. Yeah, I, I think past the, all the giant uh, skeletons that kept trying to jump out of a mountain at me. Um, yeah, that sounds like Elden Ring. Uh, yeah, I think it has... Uh... Just sort of like varied difficulty spikes, but well, I, that's I don't the think nature the nature of the open world format, isn't it? You don't hundred percent can't yeah. really have a a single difficulty curve because you never know where you're going to go next. And I feel like Fromm's games have always been like kind of mileage may vary. Like a boss that's really tough for me might not be very tough for you because well, of the difference in builds. Yeah, that's the way they're designed. Yeah, and I don't think the the back third drops off nearly as much as like Dark Souls. Dark Souls kind of feels unfinished by the end, whereas uh, I never thought that of Elden Ring. Hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. It sort of takes a drop after you get the Lord Vessel, I always think. Yeah, yeah. Level design-wise, because before then they mm -hmm. had to like design everything so it's all interconnected, so you could get back from anywhere you went to, but then yeah. then you can teleport, so they don't need to worry about that anymore. There's like, ah, you're, you're in Lost Isolith, that's fine. Just yeah. have fun with these guys. Um, Joe Ansel gives five British pounds and says, long-time fan, way back to show and tell. Yahtzee, I don't think I've ever heard you talk about Time Splitters, thumbs up or down. I never got around to playing Time Splitters. I played Second Sight, which was by the same developers uh -huh. and had much of the yep. same art style, and I happen to think that was a hidden gem. I really Ooh. liked Second Sight of, from a storytelling perspective, and the gameplay mm. was fine, I guess. Uh, but yeah. I never really played Time Splitters. I really played those. I, uh, I enjoyed Time Slitters quite a bit. It was a lot of the ex-Rare folks who worked on uh, GoldenEye and Perfect Dark, and you could kind of feel it in its um, gameplay and tone. But um, yeah, I think those games are really neat, and, and I'm hopeful because they've said that they're working on a new one, but I guess the folks who'd be working on a new one are probably not the exact same people who did the old ones. Hmm. Chaos Chris gives five US dollars, says, had to use a VPN from the UK just to send you money and say my favourite Square Enix game of late was Neo, The World Ends With You, but that's nostalgia mm -hmm. for me. Well, that was a remake yeah. of a game from the DS. Uh, well, Neo was the sequel to The World Ends With You, I believe, right? Oh, forgive me. Yeah, I never yeah. actually played. I didn't play Neo. It just sounded like, I mean, wouldn't you assume from that title that it was just a remake of the first one? Because I certainly Absolutely. did. And you would also assume, I mean, again, I think we've also uh, uh, sort of uh, solidified that Square is very strange when they come to naming. Because mm. holy moly, what is going on with their names? 
I, I do like that it acronyms to Twewi. <laughs> Twewi. <laughs> yeah. Twewi. Yeah. Yeah. Neo Twewi. Sounds like uh, Tweety Pie's cousin. Twewi's coming over Tweety this weekend. Pie's cousin. Yeah. Uh, that guy, you know, gives five dollars. Says Yahtzee, I'll just play one Square Enix. I won't become a fat, smelly loser without any hope for a future. Weebs, gooba gabba, one of us. I guess that came together as I was saying it. Uh, well, I don't. Was it quoting you? I. Um, I like gooba gabba. I think nice. they were doing a sort of meme format thing. Gotcha. I do like gooba gabba though. That's a reference to uh, Freaks. Uh, yeah, the movie Freaks. Yeah, the John Watersville. Yeah. Andrew Hickenbottom gives five British pounds. Says, "I just want another Final Fantasy game set in Ivalis. Mm-hmm. Such a cool, exotic, exotic, and imaginative world, plus stoic Amazonian bunny girls." Well, show uh, your hand a bit there, Andrew Hickenbottom. <laughs> Horned out right at the end there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was their first. Um, first attempt at creating kind of a shared world. And I thought it uh, worked really well. That was the same world of uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, Vagrant Story, and Final Fantasy Twelve. You don't need to play one to understand the other, any of them, but they're all sort of, they have they have mentions and nods to places and events of the others. Um, hmm. And uh, yeah, I think, and that's Final Fantasy Twelve. I think is, um, that's like a top three Final Fantasy game in my mind. I, just, I really love that game. Just on the Zelda thing. And said every Final Fantasy game takes place in the same timeline, but at vastly different separations of time. Yeah, yeah. So you could never tell. See, perfect. Uh, Scavenger gives five dollars and says nothing to say, some money because Toffee demonetized the stream and to make up for the Square Enix apologists. Toffee's all, <laughs> Toffee's all tuckered out now. He's oh, done, poor Toffee. He's done humping. Um, guy on couch gives 250 uh, Filipino pesos and says I feel they're doing fine with first party games Final Fantasy 7 Remake was an amazing game and Kingdom Hearts 3 was the best in the series ooh this is a lot of uh, no one thinks that <laughs> this is a lot of uh, controversial shit to be thrown out like yeah. it's objective truth guy on couch <laughs> Final Fantasy 14 clearly doing gangbusters it's their third party mm-hmm. games that are failing well, as I say, uh, all very arguable points, Guy on Couch. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the games we did mention as bad were developed by um, other folks, like Babylon's Fall is Platinum, uh, Strangers of Paradise was Team Ninja, Balan Wonderworld was whatever. Yeah, you do not but all of those it. developers are proven developers. So the common yes, factor here is Square Enix, so they must oh. have been doing, like, they must have contributed something that's fucking things up. Yeah. Uh, Frapsity gives $20 and says, Yahtzee, for someone who has stated that most creatives don't like their old work, how do you feel about people like me binge-watching the ZP Maker episode compilation videos from 2009 to 2021? I won't begrudge it any more than Slash from Guns N' Roses begrudges people liking Sweet Child of Mine. I mean, apparently he really doesn't like that song. He really hates how oh, to really? play it. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, everyone loves it, so why should he complain? Mm-hmm. And I... I personally don't really like watching my old ZP videos because I think my voice sounds a bit lamer and with a more pronounced roticism. Roticism. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you do you. For a second, I thought you said eroticism. And I was like, ooh, no, no, what were no. these old videos like? That's a different thing. 
That's what Toffee had at the beginning of the yeah. beginning of the episode. He had a rampant eroticism earlier today. <laughs> Matthew Muir gave gave us five. I almost said Californian dollars, Canadian dollars to say Square should just let Nomura make FF versus thirteen, the game FF fifteen was originally going to be. He is now trying to remake it in Kingdom Hearts four, and that's rather sad. Um, if you say so, I mean, yeah. Yeah, they've kind of taken versus thirteen and and made it into a bunch of different things. And I don't think I think that one world is going to be very versus thirteen. -y. I think the rest of it. I think Disney's going to be like, we want a Star Wars level and we want an Encanto level. And they just want to make. Level. They just want to make theme park rides. They really do. That That's is what I said true. about Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a theme mm -hmm. park ride. Yeah, yeah. I, th I don't think we mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy in terms of this whole Square Enix thing. Well, it did all right, and people seem to like it, and therefore it's not that interesting to talk about. And then Square issued a statement saying it uh, was under their projections. So, Well, of course it was. <laughs> uh, Andrew Hickabottom gives two pounds and says, Companies losing their way, Konami are the champs. Yeah. Well, you know, they make apparently they make most of their money from pachinko machines, and video. they only kept doing video games out of some weird sense of obligation, I think. Yeah, no matter how bad you think Square might be right now, they're certainly no Konami. And also, if you want to look at Japanese companies, there are examples of companies that have kind of gotten lost in the weeds and then found their way out. I think Capcom is a good example of that. I think for, hmm. you know, a, a you know, probably almost like a five to ten year stretch um, in the, the late aughts, early teens, it felt like they were kind of rudderless and directionless. And then it seems like they've gotten back on course with... Final Fantasy 7, or uh, Resident Evil 7 and 8, and mm. then uh, the, the massive success of Monster Hunter, so. Yeah, and, you know, if Konami are doing all right, just making pachinko machines, then more power to them. They shouldn't feel yeah. like they have to keep making Silent Hill sequels just for our benefit. Maybe we should just get more interested in pachinko. Yeah, maybe we're the problem. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they want to serve a different audience, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. We've got every other game developer. Yeah. Uh, Dan Bowers gives £10, says thanks for the laughs and insights. Enjoy listening to you folks. You're welcome, Dan oh. Bowers, and thank you for your money. Yeah, thank you. Metal Gear Luke gives $5, says at first I think that Deus Ex Human Revolution has a bland story because they think old school Deus Ex would go over people's heads, but Kingdom's Hearts exists. Well, it's not so much that Kingdom Hearts has a highbrow story, it's just that it's impossible to tell what the fuck's going on if you haven't played those nine DS games with really stupid titles. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it just, it dumps lore and characters and places on you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, th I think it's, uh, I guess we talked about Deus Ex earlier of why it seems to have sort of pittered out and why it isn't working now, but I don't know. It, it feels like post-Cyberpunk there's a, there's a, a, a Cyberpunk-shaped hole that something like Deus Ex could slip into and find a big audience. Hmm. Or perhaps some new IP we haven't even considered yet. That would be nice. That's always what I want, first and foremost. Uh, Jeffrey of Monmouth gives $5 and says, Play to have fun being bad versus play to contribute being good, according to Yosuke Matsuda, sums up everything wrong with Square. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that right, yeah, pretty much checks out. I hadn't heard that quote. Well, that, that's the, the president I was talking about, um, the Square Enix president who sent out that... Uh, 
you know, happy new year email that had a lot about how excited they are about blockchain and NFTs and, and the metaverse. And yeah, he was saying how play to win is the, or play to have fun is kind of a thing of the past and play to win or play to contribute is hmm. the way of the future. Stop having fun guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's the sort of statement that makes me want to stick middle fingers up his nose. <laughs> Having fun is obsolete. Well, fair enough, but you know, no one's coming out and saying that because it's not what anyone wants to hear. Yeah, exactly. We I do all, like. We I all believe... know fun is a thing of the past. We want to live in fantasy. Thank you very much. Um, one of my favorite things, and one of the Square games we haven't mentioned yet, which I think someone mentions in a comic soon. Uh, uh, one of my favorite games of theirs of the last five years was uh, Near Automata, mm. and uh, that has a. Uh, uh, a secret boss battle in the boss in the battle arena to where you can just fight the uh, CEO of uh, Square. Well, uh, there's probably some catharsis to be had from that. Yeah, just like dressed as a salary man and everything, and so that's great. Yeah, no notes, perfect. All right then. Yeah. Uh, Patterned Pike gives ten dollars and says, having recently finished a load of Discworld books, I remember a video where Yahtzee mentions having read them. Do you have a favorite book stroke subseries? Any other Terry Pratchett fans at the Escapist? Yeah, I used to read Discworld quite a bit when I was a teenager. Uh, there was a period when I read like basically nothing else, where I expanded my horizons a bit. Uh -huh. But he has like had an influence on my own work. I'd say the, the I think the first one I ever read was Interesting Times, so uh, I had a soft spot for the Rincewind books. Although I think Terry Pratchett himself kind of went off the character. Uh, yeah, there you go. Do you know what we're talking I've never, about? I've never, I've never. Oh, I know of Discworld and uh, Terry Pratchett. I've never read them. Okay, then. Mm -hmm. That guy, you know, gives $5 and says, Playing the Final Fantasy VII remake, I really just wanted a classic FF7 with pretty new graphics without the compilation era nonsense. It's a classic for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, I was... I mean, I... I, was, I mean, while I was reviewing the remake, I watched, like, a, a long play of the original game, and I'd forgotten how awful some of the background art was in that game. Yeah. Once you once you get out of the starting city, you get into more like caves and natural environments. It all looks like very smudgy. Yeah. Yeah. Very smudgy. Mm -hmm. Very smudgy. Yeah, and I get early, that. Like nineties like pre-rendered art sort of look. Yeah. And uh I, I yeah, I get that. I mean some people from a remake, they just want a remake. Like tell me the exact same story, but make it prettier. Um Whereas I'm always of the mind of like, well, if I wanted the same thing, you have the old thing to go back to. So do something weird with it. And I appreciate that the, the remake without spoiling stuff that happens at the end of it is clearly doing something weird with it. <clears throat> I lost my place now. Oh, no problem. I have to ref uh, ref let me just refresh the page. I believe we're at uh, Michael Frank. Uh, yes. Michael Frank gives four ninety nine US dollars. Says realistic Tokyo reminded me of the ending of Drakengard that spawned near. Mm. And if they went as weird as those games, I might finally be interested. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people are, like came into near with like the first near without realizing mm -hmm. it was actually a sequel to Drakengard. There's yeah. a very complicated backstory going on there. I think yeah, and it's only a sequel to like a specific ending of one of the Drakengards. Yeah, um, there was a weird very... like downbeat ending for one of the Drakengard games where you get where you get transported to the real world and mm -hmm. cause an apocalypse with your mm -hmm. dragon, and near yeah. is the sequel to that. Yeah, which is just very very confusing. It's a very, yeah, sorry, it's one of those things where a flowchart might be required. Yeah, big fan of games with flowcharts. 
Well, I know you liked that 13 Sentinels game. Oh my god, that had, that had like a big old flow chart. It was yeah. wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you need a fucking corkboard and a ball of red string to figure that shit out. <laughs> SVS Giro 2000 gives 10 euros. Says, is it Enix or Enix? I remember Terra Enigma when Enix and Square were still separate. The game pronounced it Enix. Anyway, SC Square Enix is just interested in money nowadays. That's why they suck now. Well, that's a given. Um, yeah. I actually don't what, know. What would be the Japanese pronunciation? I guess it would be Enix because uh, usually they have like two vowels if it's intended to be a longer vowel sound. Yeah. Square Enix. Yeah, I think it's Enix. And if, I mean, if that's how they pronounced it, like in the opening credits of a game, if, if a little voice came up and said Enix, like the Sega well, voice. You know, then... Sega always pronounced it Sega, and I still had friends who insisted on calling it Sega. Sega? Savages. Yeah. Absolute savages. Exactly. Uh, Kudlak13 gives $2 and says, Thoughts on Saints Row, The Return of the Socks? No. Who the fuck has thoughts on that, you weirdo? What's the I don't know what The Return of the Socks are. Well, apparently, uh, the customizable outfits in Saints Row... Well, in Saints Row 2, you could wear socks. They had different okay. socks you could wear. And apparently okay. that's coming back for the next one, and that's apparently something we're supposed to be excited about. Yeah, I think that's. I think everyone's a bunch of sickos. That's what I think. I think you're all yeah. a bunch of sickos, and you should only worry about your own socks. Not about just sockos. Bitch, sockos. <laughs> Very good. FX one zero two A gives four forty nine British pounds. It says, "Ever had a great gaming injustice to a title you liked? For me, localization of Ace Combat three, cut story scenes, characters, missions, and multiple endings. Well, I guess I'll bring up Thief again." Thief yeah. 2 was done a great injustice by the development of uh, high-definition graphics. Because mm. it had to go from these massive sprawling levels, fully explorable, to these tiny, whiny little levels with like three guards in them in the third Thief game. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it annoyed me. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still mad. If we want to just talk about Square Enix, I'm still mad that... They, they did these really gorgeous pixel remasters of Final Fantasy 1 through 6, and they're only on PC and fucking phones. Hmm. Let me play them on Switch. What are you doing? Put them on Switch. Everyone will buy them. Square Square's weird. Just like, people will buy this. They will give you money. And then you don't have to be disappointed every time your game undersells. Also, Silent Hill was done pretty dirty. Oh my god, that's probably the, the king of, of like a remaster being done dirty, right? Well, you know, the franchise wasn't exactly at its peak when they announced Silent Hill's. No, so, that is true. You know, I guess you can't say it was like betrayed at its moment of triumph. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Silent Hills. Yeah. I was talking about, you remember when they did the Silent Hill remaster? Oh, yeah. Uh, of like two and three, and they put them on like 360 and, and PS3. And for some reason, I don't know if it was like different graphics engine or something, but they just kind of like got rid of the fog. Oh, like right, there was yeah. just no fog, and then they got rid of some of the like some of the fonts changed to like weird like sans serif on okay, the Silent fine. Hill. Silent lines. Hill was yeah. done dirty in a whole bunch of ways, several times. Yeah, There's a long history of being done dirty. Stop, Konami! It's already dead. <laughs> Think we knew things were on the bad track when they brought out the arcade machine. Oh God. <laughs> When going through a list of Square Enix games as well, they published a uh, arcade version of Left 4 Dead. And did we talk about that one last week, or did we talk about Silent Hill, the arcade game? No, we were talking about Half Life, Half Life Two, oh. the arcade game. 
Well, apparently Square published uh, uh, Left 4 Dead, the arcade game in, I assume in Japan. That was, yeah, I'm assuming that was Japan only. Yeah. Because if yeah, they did so. Half-Life 2 in Japan only, I guess they do Left 4 Dead as well. Oh, did they do a portal? Oh, I just want to go Japanese arcades. I doubt it. Oh, sad. Um. <clears throat> Uh, SR Kraken Jack gives $5. Says, have you guys looked into FF14 at all? I would personally say it's one of the best things Squeenix has put out recently. Heck of a story. No, I haven't. I haven't played either iteration of Final Fantasy XIV. I'm afraid I'm over the MMO thing. Have you, were you ever into MMOs? I played World of Warcraft for quite a while. Okay. Uh, my first book was inspired by it. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so I know firsthand how it gets you. Yeah, because I have no yeah. regrets about no longer playing it. Sure, yeah. It <laughs> you kept your addiction, though. It just got me. It just hooked yeah. me in with its claws. Yeah, I've never, um, I've, I've never gotten into an MMO. But if I did, the Final Fantasy fourteen would be the one because I mean, a, I really like Final Fantasy games, and B, and you're a um, huge weeb. Yes, we all know that. I'm a huge weeb, and I want to, I want to be able to date the large, the large, tall bunny woman like the comments talked about before. Uh, but no, everyone I know who's played it says, like, the story is really good. But it's also, they do that thing where it's like, okay, but you kind of got to put 75 hours of bullshit into it. I'm like, I can't do that. Well, here's the whole counterpoint. I don't have to do anything. Fuck you. You hear that? Commenters? We're sorry, it's like, commenters. No, it's like uh, Dara O'Brien's whole routine about uh, video games. Uh, people mm -hmm. said, no, you have to unlock things. And I was like, and he's like, yeah, I unlocked it with my credit card in a shop. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't that be a skeleton key? Isn't money the skeleton key? Hmm. <clears throat> Actually, I, did, I think he did that routine before microtransactions became a thing. So perhaps he should look into it again. Yeah. Uh, Zaratha gives five Brazilian real to say, if you were square, if I was square, guys, you're all squared. We are all squares. <laughs> well, it's true I haven't been there, and by process of elimination, I must be square. Ooh. What if that was actually passed in the law? That if you don't attend something, you become square? I think you'd have a hard time enforcing that. Sure. I don't know what you're on about. No, no, I think that might that could be difficult. Yeah. Andrew right. Hickenbottom moving hastily on. Andrew Hickenbottom gives two British pounds and says, "When's Elon Musk going to buy the Escapist?" I don't know if if we're in the same, you know, interest. I think we're as big as Twitter, right? We're just about as big as Twitter. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, you also, I think you skipped Gatekeepers from just prior to this. Oh, so I did. Sorry, Gatekeeper684, who gave four ninety nine US dollars and says, despite the bad name, I think Triangle Strategy was a great recently published game from Square. I downloaded mm -hmm. the demo of that and I started it and then like several prolonged cutscenes related to courtly affairs happened and I got bored and stopped. Yeah, I think the game starts off with like three hours of chatty Cathy's, um, yeah. which which isn't great. Uh, but it is, it is interesting that, you know, uh, alongside all these new games and re-releases of old games, they do have stuff like tri uh, Triangle Strategy and Bravely Default that kind of carry the spirit of their older games in a new form, with this obviously being Final Fantasy Tactics and Bravely Default being just like a classic 16-bit RPG. 
I'm grateful to Bravely Default too, because for a while, because I liked Persona 4 and 5 so much, I had a crisis of identity and thought maybe I liked JRPGs. So I yeah. played Bravely Default 2, and then it was it was a great relief to realise I didn't like it at all. You're not a weeb. <laughs> you did it. Phew, thank Christ for that. <laughs> <clears throat> Matthew Muir gives five Canadian dollars. Says Final Fantasy VII Remake is not a remake. Age of Calamity, the Breath of the Wild prequel is not a prequel. Why can't games just be what they claim to be? What are you going to do? Because, Call the police? Because remake and prequel are easy terms that you kind of understand. But what do you describe as like, well, we're taking the events of the thing, but it might be an alternate timeline and some events are changed, but maybe it has something to do with the events of the original. Like if someone could just come up with like the, a name for that thing, then we could just put all those under that. A shmequel. A shmequel. I really like a shmequel. A squeakle. Final Fantasy VII shmequel. Alvin and the Chipmunks, the squeakquel. <laughs> oh, God. That's what these are. These are all squeakquels. That's go. what this is. Final Fantasy VII squeakquel. Uh, um, Doran Grossman Naples. Hey, your name is almost Grossman Nipples. And that's great. <laughs> The squeakle. Gives $10 and says, it's the Overwatch thing. F you for trying to have fun in this game. Play it right or get cussed out by 30-year-old men with anger issues. Depressing to see game creators get in on it, though. I would have called that the Dota 2 thing, but fine. Yeah. Not like the game's fault. That's the player's fault, right? Like, we can't blame Overwatch for its player base being assholes. Can we? Maybe. Well, you know, the game gets the audience it deserves. I guess it's or true. is it the audience gets the game it deserves? Well, either way, there are certainly things the developer could do to stop people becoming twats. There are plenty that of games true. that aren't infested with twats. Yeah. I, I don't really think play of any... one immediately off the top of my head, but I'm sure they exist. Uh, Persona. It's fine. Great community. Just never look at any message board or comment section or anything. Well, imagine if they made Battle Royale Persona. I mean, shit would change then. That'd be there. Day one. Day one. They, did, they just made a, a Final Fantasy VII Battle Royale. Did they? Yeah. Hadn't heard. Yeah. You don't play a lot of mobile battle royales that are Japanese-centric, do you? Afraid not. <laughs> How does that work? Final Fantasy VII Battle Royale. It's like a, a hundred, third It's like a, a hundred third people in the map, and the last one to get stabbed by Sephiroth wins. Uh, that's pretty much, yeah. It's, sounds about right. <clears throat> Uh, Robert Lewis gives five dollars and says, "Just wanted to d d just wanted to donate, but not leaving a message. So Yahtzee will regard me as cool and mysterious." Oh, I think you've let yourself down there, Robert Lewis, because you see, yeah, you did leave a message. Right? Yeah, and it gave the game away. Uh, Robert Lewis, Clarence, we had so much hope in you. Clarence Logan gives ten US dollars. Says, "I often think that they started to stray when people started losing interest in turn-based battles. How would you improve turn-based games to make them more interesting to new players?" Well, I wouldn't have to because Persona Five already did it. Great game. But just you, game. you keep the turn, the fundamentals of the turn-based thing because that's like what people like about it. It's contemplative, mm -hmm. and why like real-time additives never really work for me. But you just give it so much energy and life and visual flair that it's just still fun to get into turn-based fights. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's just, it's you keep the heart of the thing, but then you surround it with so much kind of pomp and excitement and energy. 
I was, I was writing a draft for an extra punctuation about why I like Persona specifically, and I think the conclusion I reached was it didn't sell me on JRPGs, I just like it in spite of the JRPG stuff, because it's so, yeah. you know, fun to look at and listen mm-hmm. to. Also, waifus. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, you and your waifus. In Chihei we trust. Ugh. I didn't hear a no. Shut up. <laughs> Uh, Frapsity gives ten dollars. Says, "How many games do you play, but can't think of enough material to show on ZP? Has Escapist ever considered making YouTube shorts about those games or something similar?" Yeah, well, you see, I assume you've seen my ZP episodes that were just uh, roundups of games I didn't review, mm-hmm. and usually the fact is, I just couldn't think of interesting things to say about it. Yeah, I like games that are really good and games that are really bad. And occasionally, like, something that's AAA and really mediocre, so I can complain yeah. about the state of the industry. Uh, and you you sort of do a similar-ish thing when you have two games per episode, like two kind of smaller indies per episode. Yeah, every now and again. I haven't done one of those in a while. No. Although I might do soon, because releases are shit. Right yeah, a lot, of, a lot of indies next month, but not a lot of, not a lot of big old AAAs. Yeah, I'm in the midst of... Uh, probably what will turn out to be quite a prolonged sequence of indie ZP reviews. Mm. <clears throat> Just update my page again. Okay, SVSGuru2000 gives five euros, says, I'm on the side of never playing Final Fantasy VII Remake until all the stuff from the original is in it, meaning probably never. Not paying uh-huh. for a prologue. Yeah, that's it's gonna be a very it's gonna be a very long time. But the whole not playing for a prologue thing, I don't it's it's not like by the time you get to this, you're gonna be able to buy one sixty dollar game. That's everything. Like it's still gonna be a bunch of different games. Well, maybe wait twenty years for it all to be done, then wait another twenty years for it for the budget release. Yeah, and then wait for like a flash sale. Um yeah. I also don't uh I don't know, a lot of people kept calling Final Fantasy Seven Remake just a prologue, and I don't I didn't see it that way. It was it was a lengthy yeah, you, game. Yeah, you said it was a it was another dimension or something. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, it ends with like the promise of an adventure, but a lot of things end with the promise of an adventure. So, As I yeah. recall, that game like it got to it got to the bit in the original game just before Sephiroth was introduced, and then went mm-hmm. oh shit, and then yeah pulled a load of fucking gobshite out of nowhere where you have to go yeah. to like a dimension on the moon to fight. I wasn't even sure no where reason. I was at the end of that, that I fight. Like I, I think back of it and I'm like, where the fuck did that fight take place? I don't know what the fuck that was about. Yeah. Uh, gatekeeper six, eight, four gives four ninety nine US dollars. Uh, I think this will be the last message unless one comes out soon, which there inevitably will. So since you mentioned silent Hill, do you remember when del Toro randomly mentioned it at the game awards and said, anyways, what does it all mean? No, I don't remember that. I don't watch the Game Awards. I like oh, I read a summary you of what out. Won. I read a summary of what would what at the end, and then I complain about that. But I never watch the actual show. <laughs> Who does that? Uh, we did live on the Escapist. Well, that was you know because we're because we're sickos. We're sickos. We're a bunch of perverts. Yeah. Well, clearly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I do remember that. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro, who was famously involved in the original Silent Hills and is a close personal friend of Hideo Kojima's, uh, mentioned Silent Hills and then sort of gave like a brief anyways. 
Uh, I didn't take that as any sort of confirmation that there was something being worked on. Also, he's uh, English is a second language, even though he's fluent in it. So I, mm. I took it just as a uh, a means yeah. of speech. Well, from the way you describe it, it just sounds like a sort of you know jokey reference to something that could have happened but is now in the bin. Yeah, and like it's the Silent Hills is clearly the biggest thing people associate him with video games. Uh, so yeah, it made sense. And he, I don't know, like. Kojima does that shit all the time, like, uh, you know, posts like troll pics and stuff like that. So mm. I don't know. It'd be cool if they went back to it. There's always rumors of, of Kojima getting the, the, the reins back to either Metal Gear or Silent Hill, but who knows? Oh, well, I mean, what more could you do with Metal Gear Solid at this point? I don't know. Like, I, I, I think the, the rumor a lot of people have been doing was uh, uh, Blue Point, the folks who made uh, Demon Souls, the remake, doing a uh, like a full on remake of I guess Metal Gear Solid 1, which would be the second time it got fully remade. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, did you ever play the Twin Snakes? I didn't actually. Well, they added no. those really crazy, bombastic cutscenes. Yeah, it was like post-Matrix. And so, like, yeah. it was all, like, slow motion and shit. And that was, um, yeah. But I know, I do know that they kind of didn't break the game, but they made it much easier by introducing the, like, first-person aiming that was introduced in uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. Which made certain sections very easy compared to the original. Also, as you predicted, there are more super chats. Yep, there always are. <laughs> Jubbly Wobbly gives a thousand CRC. I can never remember what that is. To say I am inevitable. That was a Thanos quote. Uh, you a big Thanos fan? I thought it was Freddy Krueger. Mm, he's also a, inevitable. There was a Freddy Krueger movie where he like heals up from wound and says. I am inevitable or eternal. One of those. Maybe Thanos is a big. I, I think uh, it was eternal. Fan. I think it was eternal. Thinking about it. Yeah, I was used to be big into eighties slasher movies. Mm. Really like the Jason movies as well. Freddy vs. Yeah, Jason Freddy was like Christmas for me. Absolutely. Uh, I tend to like them a lot more than fucking torture porn stuff because we weren't in it for the gore. We were in it for the yeah. the fun. You're almost laughing along with it. Yeah. Uh, Casey Jones gives $5, says, Square Enix, Identity Crisis. You mean the online-only beat-em-up format they slap on everything and Chocobo Racing aren't industry-defining? Yeah, they don't do it on everything. They just do it on some things. <laughs> yeah, because that's... I think the reason I'm really... I get frustrated with Square is because they still make things I enjoy. And they, for a time, made the things I enjoy the most, so, like in the Super Nintendo and PS1 era. Um, mm. And so I know there is still good inside of them. I can feel um, there's still good inside you, Father. I can feel the conflict. Uh, and so for every, you know, it doesn't matter how many times I'm, I'm disappointed by Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, even, and I, I'm also the weirdo, I'm the sicko who put a hundred hours into Marvel's Avengers because I don't know. Oh, shit. Well, I don't know do what's that? wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. It came out, it was like a the pandemic game and I was playing it with some friends. And so it was our way of like keeping in touch, but then they all stopped playing it after 20 hours because they got bored and I kept playing it by myself. And so I no longer have that excuse. I don't know. I don't know. Well, just, I just um... got really depressed at the end here. Very tentatively saying that's the end of the Super Chats. Thanks for watching, stroke, listening to Slightly Something Else, everyone. We were talking about Square Enix and what the fuck they're playing at. 
Uh, I was joined by Marty Sleever. Thank you so much for having me, as always. And Toffee, of course, who's fast asleep after using up all his energy earlier. And uh, what else we got this week? Uh, Zero Punctuation on Wednesday, of course, which will be on the topic of 13 Sentinels. I tend not to... I tend to prefer not to stream with the same person twice in a week, mm -hmm. but I feel like you're the only person I could stream 13 Sentinels with. I was going to say, this might be the only time where I try to pull rank and be like, can I be on this episode? Because I really want to talk about this game. Because like, it was your recommendation that made me play it, so it's mm -hmm. really this, the whole situation was your fault. Now, I'm very worried that either this is going to be thank you for recommending this game, or why have you done this to me? Well, Either way. A well, it's a bit weird. We'll get yeah. to that on Wednesday, I guess. Oh, thanks for the two dollars, Windows Task Manager, who says, "Take that." <laughs> I I invite this sort of shit, really, and we're just we get money for it, so why should why complain? Exactly. Uh, what do you got coming up this week? Um, with a normal uh, full array of streams this week, including Editor's Hour and Hidden Gems tomorrow. Like you mentioned, post CP, we got Breakout on Wednesday. We'll have uh, Metal Gear. Our Metal Gear stream will be back on uh, Thursday. More Gears on Friday. Uh, next week and the following week are going to be a bit weird because Nick and Jamate and the crew are going to be in Iceland Ooh. filming the Eve documentary. Ooh, and I've uh, yeah, yeah, I've written a, an extra extra punctuation to yeah. clear up for the period. Yeah, so I don't think that. Well, yeah, extra punctuation should be will go as as planned. Obviously, ZP and extras uh, post CP will be fine, and most like this show is not going to be changed at all. So, um, don't worry too much about that. And then, um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitch at McBiggity, um, where I stream uh, usually in the evenings, and I'm going to stream this evening finishing up Banjo Kazooie. Did you ever play Banjo Kazooie? You like that bear and that bird? Nah, I wasn't an N64 person. I did play ukulele, and mm. I didn't really like it at all. Yeah. Uh, Zaratha, thanks for the two Brazilian reel to say achu. Very witty, Zaratha. Mm -hmm. You showed us. <laughs> okay, that's it from us. Yeah. See you on Wednesday. Yeah, Bye. thanks for hanging out, everybody. Bye. Wave my visible hand this time. Bye. Mm -hmm.